Hey, it's Delvin. You might know me as the Dark Web from the Longbox Crusade. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to be listening to. This has come out to play. It's a New Warriors podcast based on the 1990s series, The New Warriors. The New Warriors ran 75 issues. And Jared, you might know him as Death Probe, possibly the yard sale artist. Jared and I are covering all 75 of these issues and we're doing it on YouTube channel. Since we have an awesome DJ and Pat Sampson, AKA DJ Cristados, he's gonna take these and he's gonna strip the audio from the YouTube recordings that we do every second Tuesday of the month, by the way, if you wanna listen there. He's gonna take those recordings and he's gonna just give you the audio recording. So if you're a little bit busy, like most people are from time to time, you have an extra opportunity to be able to just listen to the audio. So a little bit of a warning. It's going to be a little bit rough as, you know, some of the things are going to be comments and stuff that happen right in that moment. But you still get to listen to some New Warriors goodness. Have fun. And remember, New Warriors come out to play. Play, a New Warriors podcast, is streamed live in front of an internet audience. You can join in on the live stream and chat every second Tuesday of the month on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for and follow Longbox Crusade. so impressed I, I i should do my part right new warriors come out to play sweet bottles do better show up we, we can we can discuss the bottles again because they are that impressive but we could probably uh, oh see what man oh. i'm sorry those those bottles are freaking amazing mine are in the other room or i they're they're worth showing they're so yes. awesome. Yes. <clears throat> they are awesome. That is cool. I am Delvin. These people I'm about to introduce. I don't even have to do the book. Hello, Courtney. You might be, no, Courtney's not the only one here, but I see Courtney saying, what's up? What's up, Courtney? Hmm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to come out to play. We're about to talk new warriors, but I have to introduce people first. How about my co-host? How about the Nova to my Night Thrasher, the man who came all dressed up in his tuxedo t-shirt? His name is Jared Albrecht. Some call him Death Probe. Some call him the Yard Sale Artist. Some call him Hot Nuts. Hot Nuts. And Jared, hmm. what, what's up, man? How you doing? I am doing well. Uh, I discovered that... Even when people try to really tell you that they're not an eco-terrorist group, mm -hmm. they're an eco-terrorist group. Yeah. You know, it's like CrossFit. You know, it's a cult. <laughs> it's, did you say it was a cult? No. I, I said it's a good opportunity to work. We already did this bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you have any questions to ask me since we got a full house? Uh, I, you know what? Do the introductions and then come back to me for the question. That works. We have not 
one, but two guests. And we're not under a time crunch, but, you know, one of my guests did ask us, this, we can get this done in an hour. And I like to be an accommodating host and gentleman. We'll, we'll start with someone familiar to the show. That is Rick Heineken. Uh, he's familiar to the Long Box Crusade. He does his own podcast, Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack. He does a podcast on the show, on Long Box Crusade Network, called Monday Monthly Movie Muckabout. Uh, Rick, what's up, man? Not too much. I, I, like Jared, have also found out something. I found out that it wasn't Jeff Bezos that made the first electric car. It was the Punisher. <laughs> and voice activated, no less. He is yeah. a very talented Marine. Like Most yeah. Marines just use crayons. So I, I am very impressed with what Frank Castle has done. Well, before I get too far down that rabbit hole, I should... Also introduce Tony Pennington. He listened to our show and he asked us like, hey, can I be on the show? And we grilled him and we asked him of like a lot of criteria, like such as like, when can you be on the show? And and he showed up. So, Tony, welcome. Welcome. Thank to the you. Show. Thank you. And that was a brutal eight o'clock at night. Hey, we're going to do this tomorrow. Can you can you be on? And I, I was putting my kids to bed. And then I checked it and I was like, yeah, I guess I can. So, yeah, it was easier than the ACT. <laughs> You're gonna, I only took that. No, I took the ACT twice, actually. I, I took it once and then like somebody matched my score in the high school. So I took it again just to get a higher score. It, it's not my proudest moment. I'm, I'm going to so you went from like a 19. You. But since you two are both new to the show, I can knock out two birds in one stone by asking you both. What was your introduction to the new Warriors? I'll ask that first in question, or that question first. <laughs> Rick, what was your introduction to the new Warriors? I think I, I know I picked up the book from the shop. I think I might have found about new Warriors during their first introduction. I, I think it was Thor, if I remember correctly. But mm -hmm. I, I was interested in it. I think I saw the advertisement or I read something. I would think I was already collecting Speedball at the time because I'm crazy and so i went and picked up issue number one and i was collecting this right up until i went to college and stopped my first collection so i i'm holding my original original copy that i got back in the day and i was a big fan from issue number one fantastic what a great answer tony can you match that uh similar i uh was getting into reading and i was reading a lot of uh novels and uh a lot of history books and uh, a friend of mine was into comics and I went to the store with him and saw speedball number one, picked it up and got hooked. And then when it collected all of it and when it ended, I caught, I picked up one of those comic shop news newspapers. They used to mm -hmm. put it. And uh, in there was an advert for a little, little article for the new warriors. And so if, if speedball is going to be in it, I'm going to buy it. And then probably, 30 years later, I've spent a quarter million dollars on paper. <laughs> yeah, comic shop news, man. See, that's a you're bringing it back. I, I used to love getting those. They used to always give you those cool previews about what was coming up and everything. I love the heck out of those. Uh, one other question to ask you two new gentlemen, uh, and we will start with Rick again. Uh, ideally, what, who would be or when, in your new Warriors team, your ultimate new Warriors team, and, and why? Who would be in my? Uh, I definitely would have Firestar 
Firestar would definitely be in there. She was one of the one of the ones that really drug me into the New Warriors. So definitely have her in there. Um, I think I, I would have to have Speedball just because absolute. He was the comedy element, and he's goofy and silly, and you may not like him, but I, I, I've got some love and affection for him that I cannot explain. And I, I, for my trio, I would have to have Night Thrasher. He is New Warriors. He is the backbone. He will always be associated with New Warriors. He was the first introduction. So I think having those three on the team, I think you've got some of the best of, of all worlds. You've got the tactical, you've got the firepower and you've got the unknowable and the crazy. So I, I think if I was going to have a perfect new warriors team, that that's always going to be my perfect team. Fantastic. Tony, what about you? Uh, I was uh, also partial to dark Hawk when I was a kid <laughs> reading, reading that comic book. Tony, hold on one second. Jared dark mm-hmm. Hawk. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Don't, don't get all, all joke, Tony. Please continue. <laughs> Say it real fast, Tony, and it gets funny. <laughs> just debonair. I just want to watch him. The mustache, the ties. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who's this Jared you're talking about? I, I, Jared was here. And now we've got Laurel Hardy. Oh, he kind of looks like uh, one of those SNL guys who's going to have a heart attack from the sausage. Reading the, <laughs> the bears. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I thought when I put this on. I saw myself. I was like, I look like I was the exact. Thought. I was like the bears. Anyway, I think you had a question to answer. Uh, yeah, so uh, I would put Darkhawk in there. I would take Nova out. I think Nova's up on the team uh, by the end. Uh, put Darkhawk in there and uh, just uh, enrage. I think the original group minus Nova, but add Rage and Darkhawk. Uh, if hindsight lad shows up anywhere, I'm burning the place down. <laughs> gotcha. Jared has not been introduced to hindsight lad as of yet. That's going to be many, many, many months down the road, but it's always good to, to have looking back on that. Get What's it? that? I look forward to looking back on that. Get we are laughing at, we're, we're not going to laugh at the joke because he doesn't deserve it. Not you, Jared, but hindsight lad doesn't deserve it. <laughs> All right. I guess all experiences on my own. And now, Jared, that I have gotten through introductions, they have expertly answered the questions. Did you have a question for me before we got started? You went on mute for some reason, Jared. I I do. I have decided not to make it specific to um, this issue of New Warriors, but New Warriors in general. Okay. Without any spoilers, answering with strictly a number. What issue are you most excited for me to get to right now? Ooh. I think 17 um, off the top of my head. 17 is the start of the buildup, the culmination of a lot of things. Um, it, yeah, 17. Uh, it's great buildup to get to 17, but 17 is where things start kicking into high, high gear. Plenty of action going on. Leading up to it, don't worry about it. You've already seen it. But 17 is where the rubber meets the road. The poop hits the fan. The Uh something hits the something else that sounds very dramatic. The metaphor links up with the metaphor. Yes. All of that. 17 is the answer to the question. And now I can get to my boilerplate. Come out to play as a chronicling of the 1990 series, The New Warriors. 
The first volume of New Warriors ran 75 issues. Jared and I will cover all of this first volume as I rediscover my love for this series and help Jared find his and we share our love and joy with the listening audience and sometimes guests like this case. So grab your skateboards and bucket helmets. It is time to play. We are covering New Warriors 8. Cover credits go to Mark Bagley and Larry Malstead. And Jared is about to bring the cover up. Bam. And we're going to talk about it. And we can start with uh, one of our guests, Tony. Uh, this is the cover for New Warriors 8. What do you think about it? Uh, I remember distinctly seeing this on on, on the stands when I went to the comic shop and being completely just enthralled with it. Um, I, I, I like A, I like the colors. B, I love the artwork. And it was all the action that was on there. Just It really cemented it for me. It, there hasn't been a Mark Bagley cover so far uh, that I did not like. And it, it just... I really loved his art style. And so when I saw it, I was like, I went right to it. I could talk about Mark Bagley all day, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this done in an hour. So I will not praise Mark Bagley like I normally would. I will pass it to Rick instead to talk about the cover for issue eight. <clears throat> I, I do like Mark Bagley's art, but for me, this is just a little too busy. There's a little too much going on, uh, especially with we, we got two different scenes happening at the same time. We've got uh, the majority of the new warriors who are wrapped up in various twine and the farther back, especially when we get to speedball definition, it gets lost a little bit. So there's a lot going on down in that part of the book. I, I think I like the the top part where we got Punisher unloading into uh, into Night Thrasher. I love the art. I just think that there's a little too much, especially once you put on all of the dialogue box as well. So it's just, it's a little too busy for me, for my taste, but I do like, I like what he does. I mean, you can't go wrong with his art style. As, as a, the little Tony inside me, like he sees that and it's frantic, but that like, I get super excited when I think about the new warriors and this is a super exciting cover. Just it, it's, it's a bit it's a bit of old school too it's a bit of that old school uh i always think of dc comics mostly with this is happening and this is happening and this is happening and all these different storylines are happening so that part is cool it's just especially when the 90s i'm kind of expecting a little more cleaner than than going to a bit of a throwback jared what do you think man yeah, it's a little busy i think we're still in that first era where we got to get all the characters on the cover we mentioned this in every episode gotta get all the characters on the cover and you didn't need to you needed to focus on the punisher night thrasher fight because that's the main event of this book uh yeah they go up against the force of nature or is it force of, i can't remember it's singular okay force of nature not like midnight's fires possessive force of nature is <laughs> anyway um the main event of the book is punisher and night thrasher and that's what it should have been now i get I get Tony's perspective too. If you grab this off the rack, there's so much going on. It's very exciting. It's high energy. So certainly, you know, I, I don't know how old Tony is. So I'm just guessing you're like, if, it, you know, 11 year old Tony pulled this off the rack, he, it'd be like, whoa, look at all this going on. But yeah, artistically, I think it was a little too busy. So I'm, I hate agreeing with Rick, but I'm going to on this one. And, <laughs> and uh, I'd note for a book that seems very big on getting every character on the cover, only four heads in the quarter box. Because I think they ran out of room would be my would be my guess. Because if they extended that box any further, it would have 
uh, blotted out Punisher's head, kind of neat Punisher's head in it since he's one of the well, characters in the book. My, I, I, there's just you can there's space to move the Marvel Comics logo north uh, in that box, and and they do it all the time on X Men. They get every one of those X Men that we've been talking about Crusader Chronicles in there. So I'm just like, I mean, maybe, yeah, like I said, maybe it was, it was like a time thing. Like, okay, seriously, we can only do four heads unless we're gonna have to redesign the whole cover, send it to the printer. Okay, but otherwise, I'm like, eh, a little effort. You could have got everybody's head in there, but eh. mm, I hear what you're saying, and I disagree. Okay, uh, just for. Comparison to have the prior issue too. So you can see that they did have the elongated box for the prior issue and you can see how they fit the heads in. So yeah, they, they, they canceled one just to get Frank's head in there. Hmm. Okay. And so I'll just add my comments very quickly in that I, I agree. I mean, it's an exciting looking cover, no doubt about it. I do think that they're trying to put all the warriors on the book still or on the cover still Man, had I seen a Mark Bagley cover that just had Punisher blasting away at Night Thrasher. Oh, my goodness. That would have been an 11 out of 10. <laughs> I can tell you that much because even on half of it, that's enough to make me want to pick up the book. Like, what in the world is going on here? So good, good stuff. And we're going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. So well, we'll start with Jared. Jared, what do you think? What do you rate the cover? Hmm, I still like it quite a bit. I mean, it's bagly, it's high energy, a little busy, but um, I don't know. I'm feeling a, I'm feeling a strong seven, you know, Joe November 7.5 on this one. That's where I'm at. Okay. Tony, what do you got? Eight. It's solid eight. I mean, I am a homer and I'm going to root for bags, um, but it's, it's an eight. There's very valid points about room of improvement on this one, but concept design, it's an eight. Rick? What do you got? I'm going with seven. I'm going to join Jared on that seven island over there. I just a little too busy. We lose some of the definition of some of the other characters. I think if you just went ahead and settled on the top one or even maybe brought it down to maybe a third for the rest of the warriors down there, I think that would have been better. I just let's let's emphasize that Punisher versus Night Thrasher fight. That would be better. And I'm with Jared <laughs> at that seven five, but I'm going to move it up to an eight in that it is a good cover. And that first image alone is it's so fantastic. And I do think the second image might've been as an afterthought and it's not bad and it's action filled at, at a minimum, even if it's not as detailed as the first half of it, but man, it is a good cover. And I even like the uh, blue and white standout of the new warriors logo too. Uh, that makes the reds pop a little bit more and the reds and blacks pop a little bit more. So very good cover. And Jared, if you are ready, could you please give us the credits for the issue? Mm. Jared, you're on mute again, my friend. Silent movie with the mustache. I suspect that uh, Rick has something to do with this. Yeah. 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 You (laughs) now he looks good. All right. (laughs) This is a new Warriors issue eight. It's on sale date. It was December 25th, 1990. So Merry Christmas. To all, it's cover dated February 1991. Its cover price is one dollar. Let's all take a moment to reflect on the comics for a dollar age. Hmm. Yes, yes. Story by Fabian Nicieza, pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by Larry Malstead, colors by Andy Yankus, even though he doesn't know us. The letters are Joe Rosen, and the editor is Danny Fingeroth. And as usual, we get that from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Delvin, according to my banners, you owe us a synopsis. Well, if I owe it, I better pay up. 
The title of this book is The Devil's at the Doorstep. So yeah, there was a fight between Night Thrasher and the Punisher. There is that. Punisher does some post-fight intel, and we find out a lot about Thrash's armor, and Thrash does the same post-fight intel to find out what Father James in silhouette <clears throat> may have been hiding about the Bengals' appearance, which leads to yet another fight with Thrash and Punisher, where we all say hello to Night Thrash's little friend. The other warriors visit the tropical rainforest of Brazil, where they run into Project Earth, totally not a cult, and the force of nature, totally a supervillain team. Two vignettes, one featuring an American white queen and an Egyptian queen with plans of her own. So we're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk anything that we loved or hated, anything in between, uh, just having a good discussion about it. And we'll start with our guests again. Tony, uh, give us something that you want to talk about in the book. I really enjoyed how, how tight the storytelling was. Uh, there was good pacing and beats where you, you get the action of the Punisher and, and Dwayne, and then it cuts. And then you, you're you in the, the rainforest, and you have that bit. And then it fills in and sets up the next several issues with the White Queen. And then you have, have the Sphinx come in. And so the teasers are there, uh, but you get, wow, it just stink face. Okay. No, not a stink face. I, we, we'll talk the about it. Keep going. <laughs> we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. Uh, and uh, it just, that for me, uh, hands down, the first 25 issues of the New Warriors stands alone as, as one of the greatest 25 issue run of a new series. And everything is just built on top of builds on top and builds on top. So, you know, they, they've teased a lot like Night Thrasher's on the edge. And then at the very end, when you, when you get what's in that, little space behind his backpack and mm -hmm. it's the oozing. You're like, ah, <laughs> and it, I mean, it, it makes up for the hokiness of having a skateboard with blade in it. And, <laughs> and the Punisher going, I got to get me one of these. Like he's the Joker from the Batman movie. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful toys. I got to get one. But uh, yeah, um, I, I, when I, I look at it from my perspective because I taught high school English for 15 years. There's a lot of like beats and a lot of story building going on here that if you were to stop here, a lot of it would be lost. But if you continued on that run for the next you know, 20 issues, you, it would all pay off. But you, know, you have to. As a quick explanation, Tony, uh, the reason why we're giving look is that uh, we were hiding from Jared as to exactly who uh, that Egyptian queen was. And I, oh, oh, it, it's OK. I still don't know. <laughs> it, 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 it's OK. It, <laughs> he was going to find out eventually anyway. So there's it's no right. worries about it. Rick, uh, do you have anything to add to Tony's comment or to contribute on your own? I, I, I could just say that, you know, it, from where we're at, because I just covered the ending of New Warriors, because the ending of New Warriors has a power pack connection. And I'm not going to tell Jared. I'm going to wait till he figures out what that what that power pack connection is. But we just finished up the ending of New Warriors. So we saw kind of the ending parts of a lot of the little things that are set up in this book, which is kind of nice. But the thing I really wanted to call attention to was, <clears throat> excuse me, the final. Well, it's not the final scene of the book, but it's the final. Uh, box of the uh, Southern American excursion that the part of the new warriors is on. And 
there's a really nice box that's here that it's speedball with the floating heads of the rest of the new warriors around him. And I just laughed hysterically because this is, this is great. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It is such a Steve Ditko callback to the speedball comic. And I just started chuckling when I reread it again. I'm like, Oh, that's such a great callback. This is entire little middle section is about, Speedball's life and the last couple of issues have been really delving into who he is, including his reveal as this young kid. And this throwback to the actual Steve Ditko comic book and the stylings that they had in there was fantastic. And it was a great way to tie it together. So I like how the team that's working on new warriors is really calling out to a lot of what makes the new warriors who they are. Speedball's past, including we also have a little bit of Firestar's past too, with the call out to the white queen as well. So it's very, very cool. Yeah, I want to uh, give a compliment to Jared because he brought out that cover a little bit ago with Black Bolt on it was a throwback to the Fantastic Four from years ago. So, And that's something that I didn't even know. So it's cool that you brought up Steve Ditko and that he created Steve, uh, Steve Ball, <laughs> Speedball and he was using some of the beats from there. That's cool. Jared, your turn. All right. Uh, well, you know me. I brought a few pages, so I'll just do my first page. And um, I, this is what what uh, Tony was talking about. I was a little slow on Tony's page. Uh, clearly, this is the Sphinx. I mean, clearly. <laughs> 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 uh, still lost his last year's Easter eggs. I love. Um, I, they did kind of cram both their side story things into this in about, I think, a half of the next page mm -hmm. of White Queen and always finding a creative ways to be scantily clad. I like the no left leg <laughs> thing that they did on this one. <laughs> I, you know, what? I had an, a, a very tangentially related question about this since Tony did a good job of covering sort of the side story stuff already in his comments. I want to focus in on those those guys that that white queen is running with you know they they kind of wear that blank faced mask and and mm -hmm. so these i've seen them around the x universe before clearly mm -hmm. i was always in the impression honestly again a week in the x area that they were like androids like almost many sentinels but now i'm learning these are actually people like like pawns in the hellfire club is that how i should be thinking of them yeah oh, pretty much yeah. Okay. They, okay. They are they are just regular old henchmen, hired humans. They are dispendable, dispendable uh, bond extras. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> they they are part of the multitudes that get blown away with whatever machine gun. There a few of them rise to a level of excellence when they are disemboweled by Wolverine uh, in one issue of X Men, and they later come back as Reavers when they're given cybernetics. But no, they are just your regular garden variety nine to finder nine to fivers doing jobs okay and the there ones who didn't get cut up by wolverine went on to join a guy in a butterfly costume yeah, yeah. Name going on here. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool cool let's uh we got some time um good discussion so far uh tony what else do you have round two? Oh man um I remember distinctly as a kid growing growing up in Oklahoma. It's it's hot. It's it's humid, and when Marvel Boy has the tech shield on him, and he's like, "You guys are all hot and sticky and sweaty. Me, I'm fine." Like that's 98 degrees, and that's a layer of 98 degrees. You're breathing your own air. It just never makes sense to me. 
Uh, and then when I reread it, it was like, that still makes no sense to me. But I also. Tony, 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 it's the magic of Marvel, man. It's the magic of Marvel. If you have a blue tech shield, obviously it means that you have built in air conditioning. The red of is course. the one, which is why Jean Grey has it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I also like. When I was reading through it and the forces of nature, they come out and and I knew as a kid who Aqueduct was as I read Spider-Man. But it's like interesting to me, like years later, this would be revisited and like the theme of it with Thunderbolts where they're evil bad guys pretending to be good guys. And that's essentially what they're doing here is like they're they're bad guys pretending to be good in order to to meet a goal in. I also enjoyed how the new warriors got beat down because they didn't know who they were fighting. And, and slowly they're, they're taking in what's going on and you know, they're, they're going to pull the whole James Bond thing and like jump out and, and defeat the bad guy. It just, for me, like as an adult reading this, and I'm sure I missed it as a kid. It was like, there's just building up, building up. There's that tension that's just building and building and building. And it's, it's like, like I said, good story beats. And then the whole, um, I guess also being a 46 year old man now like, reading about a guy in Vietnam who did something atrocious. I was like, ah, again, so I'm sure as, as, as teenager, Tony, I was like, ah, yeah. But as a <laughs> adult, Tony, I was like, ah, come on. And he's a priest. Hey, I'm Catholic. We've been beaten up so much for the last couple of decades. <laughs> but um, it was uh, like, the whole Amazon force thing. I mean, it, it's interesting how, no, decades ago it was a thing and still a thing today. Like people wanted to protect it, and then little things in there that, that build up uh, the characters. Where you have Nova referring to Speedball as toothpick, where you actually see the environment uh, taking out Nita, you know, where she's sweating and she she's not sure she can catch her breath. Just those little things in there where it just builds and builds and builds, and it just. I, it was a joy to read. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It doesn't look like the Warriors, at least these first eight issues or so, they don't do good with ambushes because Cyanex got the jump on them yeah. too and whooped their butts. But they rally good. I mean, that's for certain. They rally excellent, excellently. Uh, Rick, what do you what do you have? I, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Punisher. Um, I already kind of mentioned a little bit about how I thought his, his self-driving car was way ahead of its time and not what you really expect from the battle wagon, but, um, hell yeah, hell yeah. But going on to what else is in the battle wagon, we've got to talk about his high tech video surveillance. So he's not only recording the fight that he had, but he's able to break down the parts of the fight and the actual schematics of the person he's fighting. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And, Okay, what are we talking about here? I think we'll just go and wrap this up with the magic of Marvel with the the, t the magical air-conditioned TK shield because this is a whole new level of... You, you want to stop the bad guys? How about sharing this with you know actual law enforcement? <laughs> because, oh my gosh, you put this in the airports, you don't have terrorists anymore. I mean, come on. Let's talk about this, all right? If you I see Jerry just Jerry just nodding over there like yeah yeah yeah. I, I once had a conversation with Peter David name dropping, and, and Peter was always frustrated at Peter Parker 
He was like, Peter Parker's always running around like, ho oh, I'm a broke. I'm going to pay my rent, buy Aunt May's medicine. And Peter David was like, sell your web formula. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the cops would love to have that as an anti-riot device. <laughs> sell your web formula. <laughs> you're you're going to get me on an entirely different rant of how Peter Parker should be leading the Avengers, but I'm not. No, I, but uh, let's see. Rick, did you have anything else to add? I, I, just, I, I, I guess... I, I guess agree, I was just by saying, the way. I agree okay. with you. Like, if, if police officers had a kind of stripped down version of this, like, I, I'm certain they would feel much more protected. That's for sure. I, I want to just point out one more thing about the Mark Bagley parts where he's drawing the Punisher, and then the Mark Bagley parts where he's drawing uh, the things going on down in Brazil. You've got two radically different styles that he is aping in this one comic, and it is impressive enough alone just for that dichotomy that he's got going on there and and really selling the different tones of the stories as well the one down brazil is a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more open whereas it's very the dark and gritty streets of the punisher and he's doing that in one comic book and it's a mid eight issue issue number eight mid comic i mean it's like nothing big nothing no big deal i can do it all the time look again I'll I'll be praising Mark Bagley for a while now. The artwork in here was incredible. And I don't know if Jared's going to get to it or not, but like when I open it on page one and you got Night Thrasher kind of in that battle pose charging with the shield and like that menacing look and like the Punisher on the top right at the, oh my goodness, that was such a great dynamic page. Anyway, Jared. I failed you. Oh, there you go. Rick will save my bacon. I didn't have that screenshot pulled. So you got it recolored from Tony, original color from Rick. Um, I wanted to latch on to this page too. There's, there's, you know, I always bring the pages that I want to talk about, and luckily it's come up in conversation. Good job, Delvin. That is a great looking page. Um, I did want to latch on this page and, and just keep the love for Bagley going from Rick. Like you said, jungle environments, street environments, pages of tech display. Um, and, and the one thing I want to mention that somebody jumped on in the comments. I love the use of color here. It's very uh, 1990s Game Boy, but especially in the last, there you go. <laughs> especially in the last panel of the page, it's it's the Punisher is, you know, thinking, pondering about what he's reading. And the colorist just nails it with the yellow from the screen. Like he gets screen lighting really, really well. And I'm like, that's just a perfect blend. I mean, it's the tiniest little panel, but it's a perfect blend of a great artist doing a great pose on a cool character and the colors coming in and going, yep, I can make that look even better. So, and, and, and never leave out Malstead. Malstead inks really well on, uh, on what uh, Bagley's given him. So yeah, I just wanted to rave about that. But the cool thing is, you know, like I said, I was bringing these pages and, and we've gotten, I think to every page I brought in through someone's comment. And people in the chat have, br- have brought up the stuff. So like, we're all vibing tonight. And I think that's cool. I definitely agree. And I want to talk very, very quickly because like I'm sitting there like, is someone I'm going to bring it up so I can geek out about it? And someone, no one's brought uh, the Punisher Night Thrasher fight. I mean, that all right, first, I do get that page too. <laughs> that first page and a half. Or, well, that's the last. That's the, yeah, that's the cliffhanger. Which is, which is such a good cliffhanger. Yeah, it is. But that first <laughs> battle was mm. brutal like it was one, like i don't know if you even see you see fights like that nowadays in special events like thrasher 
went after him, sliced his shoulder, freaking plunged the blade into his thigh, and then and Punisher was like, I got to get rid of this dude and unloads a freaking machine gun like right in his armor. Just about a page and a half or so of just a brutal fight. And I just wanted to know that anyone else or what anyone else thought about that. I'll start again with Tony. Did you did you enjoy that fight? Did you enjoy oh, the fight kid, scene? As a kid, I I was all in a Night Thrasher at this point. Like <laughs> they did a really good job of cementing him as as a capable fighter. Um, and then you know, I'm sure as a, as as a young man, I really adored the the headband. But uh, the way he analyzes a fight, saying Frank Castle would never leave dangling fabric for them to <laughs> grab him by the head and pull him down. But yeah, uh, overall, the, the the choreography that they came up with in order to, to display the fight on the, on the panels was, was really well done. And it really showed the strengths of both fighters where Night Thrasher is more of an instinctive fighter and, and Frank is more of the, the um, strategy, analyzing and knowing that he's in it in a bad way and he cannot finish the fight the way he'd like to. So he's going to check out and run. And then, so you have him analyzing the fight in his van, but then you have Dwayne over there going, I ain't got time to bleed. He's got broken ribs. And she's like, we got to get you to the hospital. It's like, nah, <laughs> rub some dirt on it and I'll get back in there. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a little scrape on my foot right now and I had to like clip off the skin. It's like, ah, ew, ah, oh, and, and he's sitting there like, Oh, like all of my ribs aren't broken. I'm okay. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that sounds unbelievably painful. Uh, Rick, uh, what do you think about uh, the fight between the Punisher and Night Thrasher? Here's my only negative on the fight: is you got this dialogue that's going along with it. You've got the Punisher's war journal that's happening alongside it, and you're reading the, his war journal, and it's not an after-action report he's doing. This is his live thinking. So he's thinking in his mind, Punisher war journal, I'm getting in this fight right now, because in it, he is actually reacting to the pain he's getting. Like, raise your edge, that stupid skateboard got me. So it's... I was reading that at the same time as I watched this, so I had to go back and go, no, this is this is his after action report that he's writing about, and he's putting in his reactions. I'm like, let's pick a lane, folks. Let's pick a lane, Punisher. You know, you're either doing this afterwards or this is your current thoughts that you've got going on. That was my only complaint because if I just turn off the his his commentary and make it the Blade Runner original cut, our real cut, then um, it's it's much more interesting and enjoyable to watch as as this vicious street fight is occurring. Because that's what it is. It's a vicious street fight. Yeah, it is. Like, I can't think of a time recently where you see two street-level heroes going at it like that. Maybe a Daredevil Punisher. Those two seem to go at it pretty brutally. But for them to throw Night Thrasher in the mix like that, man, I loved it. Jared, please add something. I didn't read it. Ah, moving on. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. It was it was great and brutal and everything else. The other guys said don't have a ton to add, but it was it was a really cool fight scene, and it does help legitimize a newer character like Night Thrasher to be able to go toe to toe with somebody of the caliber of the Punisher. Hmm. 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 So with that uh, Austin Powers <laughs> reference out of the way. <laughs> Uh, we have time for just last thoughts. I think. Uh, does anyone have any last thoughts on the book? Uh, Tony. Uh, it 
it was a, just a good continuation on from the previous issue and to wrap up i i i'm if i remember right the next issue wraps up all of this uh, in a nice little bow and goes on um yeah uh i remember like i did not get bored with reading the new warriors as as a kid and since i found that uh, you guys were doing this i've gone back and you know, picked up my omnibus here the book of Fabian, Fabian, uh, and been reading it, and it's just it doesn't get doesn't get old, and it just it's just a nice flow. It's a, it's a nice flow. Isn't that, Isn't that fantastic? Isn't it nice that you can go back and see something from 20, 30 years ago, and it holds up, and like the entire thing isn't just one big cringe ball. It's <laughs> yeah, and it's just the the art, the the storytelling. It's it just flows, and it, I tried reading Grendel again. And uh, no, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But for some, I, I like this. I went back and read, um, what was it? Uh, oh, The Boys. Went back and reread that because I, props to me. I got my wife to watch the TV show and she liked it. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I wish there was going to be a new Warrior show. They were talking about it, but I don't know. Oh, that was terrible. They put Squirrel Girl in it. I, I know. I'll keep, I'll keep us neat. I'm not going to have us rant about it because I, I promised an hour. So, Rick. <laughs> I'm done. I, I'm sorry. Oh, man, you're great. I, pre- I appreciate every word that you have to say. Rick, what do you have? Uh, last comments. There's a special time that goes on right here with the early 90s, late 80s, where you're coming out of the old house style Marvel way of, of putting together a script, putting together a story, really influenced a lot by uh, Chris Claremont and a lot of our real thick writers, but you've got that time that's ending with the, that thick prose and those really complex stories meeting up with the beginning of that 90s edgy era. And you know what, what's going to be coming in mid to late 90s where it just gets a little crazy. So you still have the toned down art, but you've got this nice marriage of really good art that's ready to push those edges along with this thick story. And what you've got is a book that has a lot of content and a lot of good art. There is so much going on in this book. So many backstories, so much plot moving forward. You could easily take this and break this up into about three or four books, realistically. But they very successfully take a lot of story and a lot of background information and make one nice story out of it. And that is hard to do. So there's a special time and a special group that gets together that can that can do something like this. And it, it's the best of both worlds before we go a little too 90s in a lot of comics at that time. So it's, it's kind of a really special ca- time capsule of what we're going out of and, and going into between the 80s and 90s. Jared, wrap us up. Well, again, I hate agreeing with Rick, but he's absolutely right. It, it is that it is the magical blend of the fade out of the 80s, the bringing of the 90s, and it, it luckily grabs the best of both. So exactly what, what Rick said, it's it's um it's definitely we've talked about this before, it's definitely Marvel's uh Teen Titans, uh answer to Teen Titans, and uh it's a great answer. So yeah, it's a good blend. There's when you think back on 90s books, you know, there's a, a few that I think of that I'm like, you know, it's very 90s, but I like it. Uh, one of which, uh, you know, Delvin introduced me to, which is Dark Hawk. Dark Hawk. And yeah. I, I think that's a good one. And I think this, yeah, just Echo Rick, really. It's a, it's a real good blend. Um, with that, I'm going to segue into what I'm supposed to do for the next part of the show. Pull up our banner. 
of our Ultimate Warrior versus Ultimate Warrior. And Delvin, you can take from there if you like. Sure. Uh, we want to talk about who was the best in the book. Who was the character that stood out the most? And I'm going to switch up the order, throw it back to Jared. Who who was, who was your ace? Who was your number one guy or gal in the book? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to cheat a little bit and say the Punisher. I just thought Fabian Licieza had a real good grasp of the Punisher, who was, let's be honest, getting like super exploited by this time. Like every, every Punisher had like nine books, and he was guest appearing in everybody's book. And the Dolph Lundgren movie had come out, and the Nintendo game had come out. Like it was Punisher's heyday. And Courtney apparently is agreeing with me on this. Um, so I, I just think that with so many writers, writing the voice of the Punisher, I just think Fabian had a good one, and I like the way he moved through it. Uh, even though I did now notice, thanks to Rick, you know, the, is it present tense? Is it past, <laughs> past tense journaling he's got going on there? I like to also think of him as Punisher's war journal, as true journaling, where he's got, like, scrapbooky things, you know, he's got stencils, and he's got stickers, <laughs> and, like, true journaling. <laughs> That's how I like or maybe it's like Top Chef, where he's uh, watching the episode and then doing his running commentary as if they stopped the show <laughs> and had him talk about why he made the pee puree, and then they go. <laughs> we we do go. know that he recorded it, so yeah, I think that's a great no prize right there. I'm, I'm with you on that, Tony. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. I want to add very quickly that I mean, clearly the front of the book, you know, has the Punisher in it. And the ad in the back <laughs> is the Punisher video game. Video game. The aforementioned game. Yeah, this was his high time, boys. Yes, sir. Uh, Tony, who was your ultimate warrior for the book? Uh, Night Thrasher. Uh, they do. He goes toe to toe with the Punisher, even though it was a, a draw. I, and it, like I said, he broke his ribs, and he's like, uh, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, that's that is not the noise I would make if one of my ribs broke, uh, Rick. Who yeah, is I'm, your ultimate warrior? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Night Thrasher as well. I I agree that he took the beaten. If we're going to go straight new warriors, he took the beaten. He held up with it, and he was asking a lot of the right questions during the during the investigation into the church. Yeah, he was he was about to get angry, but I mean, he was he's playing exactly the role that we've seen from Night Thrasher. He is this is who he is. This is how he interacts with people, and he was being portrayed exactly right throughout this entire book so i i would definitely say the night thrasher is the the is the warrior of this story and i'm hard pressed to disagree with any of you gents on this i i could go either way uh night thrasher or punisher and i don't think you can go wrong uh, both were great that fight seriously just opening the book and seeing that first page and a half i do i love that it brought back a little bit of kid in me. And even like the adult is looking at that fight. It was like, oh my goodness, that was so brutal. And then, they, I mean, it was so brutal that they both took a break and had to kind of regather just to come back and start fighting again. It was that brutal. I just, I love it. I really did love that fight. Um, and I'll go ahead and just move us on to, uh, is there anyone you're worried about in the book? Ultimate Warrior? That you're worried about, uh, Rick? Who, who are you concerned about from issue <laughs> I, I had two choices here, but I think I'm going to go ahead with m the, the one that I love to hate on the most, and that's Nova. Um, uh, basically, all the warriors down in the jungle, they, they all had a bad, bad day. 
So it's got to be one of them. But I'm going to go with with Nova because he just sat there walking through the forest, listening about how we've got to work to protect the forest and we've got to make sure that everything's, you know, you know, this is a real problem. We can't just go destroying it. And there's, there's, there's real conflict in politics here. And they get attacked and he goes up there and he's like, hey, what, what, let, let's burn it all down. Let's can, do what? It, it, what is that a is that a problem? <laughs> take the wax out of your ears, boy. You know, just take the helmet off and listen to people for a change. Just just a moment, just one moment, Rich. Come on, come on. It's so, his yeah, no, it's him. It's what he does. <laughs> yeah, but he can stop being he can stop being stupid for just one second. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know, Jared. Uh, who is your uh, who are you worried about? Who's your ultimate warrior? Warrior, excuse me. You're on mute again, my friend. Sorry, I muted when my son came in to say goodnight. Uh, definitely not Nova. It's a perfect plan. You burn it down, and it's now lo- no longer a topic of discussion. So, <laughs> problem solved. So, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm actually worried about uh, Speedball, because, uh, you know, this is basically his story to the jungle, and it ain't going good. The team's getting their butts whooped. His mom's on board with eco-terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah he has like the most to lose here so that's why i'm worried about him and tony uh, i'm gonna go with night thrasher uh you do not make a statement like go ahead and kill the girl i don't care and expect that there's going to be some sort of happy reunion <laughs> after the fact i was bluffing baby yeah uh no nah, no nah, baby see yourself just kidding <laughs> we, no, call that, we call that pillow talk <laughs> Yeah, you you better. I mean, that that better be one of those. Like, you know what? I'm gonna let things lay low, but I'm gonna like like send her like an invite to like some badass spa treatment <laughs> or something, and then afterwards show up with flowers and candy. I'm sorry, baby. You know I love you. <laughs> anyway, I would probably go more Nova or Speedball uh, for who I'm worried about because yeah, Nova did just go like pure meathead as far as like burn it down like. Bro, come on. But I am more worried about speedball because I would be worried if I had to go to Brazil and rescue my mom from a cult. I would be super worried about that. Uh, and uh, so we'll see how this winds up for speedball uh, and his mom. I just want to make and, one comment. I, I want to make one comment too, really quickly. I, there's a little bit of worrying that we got going on for Marvel Boy because he's walking through the forest with his air conditioned TK shield and bragging about it. He he he's got to watch it because he's going to get punched by his friends who do not have the air conditioning shield, and they could be asking the question, "Why don't you share?" Exactly. <laughs> like, like, like what is the shield only that big? <laughs> It's like, well, well, you see, I mean, I get nosebleeds, and I, I can't get all of you guys. So he, he was my second choice there, and I, and I want to just make sure we call him out because I would be worried about him getting a boot to the head by yeah, his they, friends. Poor Marina's like, <laughs> he's on like, she's wearing practically nothing. He's in his entire suit going, I'm feeling fine. Like, why don't you share with your teammate who's clearly struggling? The only other question I would ask is, is like, if you got, if you're an Angelica Jones and you deal with microwaves all the time, why are you hot? I didn't get that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've already closed that round. So let's get us back on track, Delvin. I'm talking to myself and close it out by rating the book one to 10, just like we did before. What did y'all think about New Warriors 8? And we'll start in the middle this time. Rick, what would you rate New Warriors 8? 
I'm going to go ahead and match the cover type, the cover number with the score, and I'm going to give it a good eight. And the reason why is it's there's a lot that's here. This is a good setup book. This is in the middle of a story arc. You, you got things that happen at the beginning. You got things that are going to happen at the end. It's not self-contained. There's a lot that's going on. The art's fantastic. The story's fantastic. They got a lot of information in there, but it. it it's just not going to live on its own. You need a little bit more with it in order for it to get up any higher or low or any higher on this. But I think it's solid. I think it's really solid. It's just, it's not going to stand on its own. So you need, you need everything else on either side of it in order for it to really, really work as a good story. Tony, what would you rate it? Uh, I'm going to round up and go, go eight. Uh, it was another really solid issue. Um, like I said, uh, the little uh, bits of characterization you get from the characters, a little bit more of the personalities come out, uh, the way the pacing of, of the book and, and the story beats, it, it really was a solid issue. Good effort all around for everybody. Jared? I'm going to spice things up. Give it an eight. Uh, <laughs> just like everybody else. Uh, I was Joe November 7-5 in it, and then it was the sweet, sweet uh, fisticuffs and blasticuffs between the Punisher and the Night Thrasher that pushes me easily to an eight. So far too much agreeing with Rick tonight. Um, I, well, I guess I could have gone eight, five or a nine if they'd set the forest on fire, but they didn't they didn't choose that. Up. <laughs> so. Yeah, for me, I'm giving it a nine and the fantastic artwork. Plus the really good gripping story. Plus that that fight alone, man, like that fight was just brutal. And it got the point across as to how tough of a dude Night Thrasher is by pu putting him up against one of uh, Marvel's best street fighters that they that you're ever going to see in the Punisher. Just fantastic. Um, great book. And let's uh, wrap it up. That is the show, y'all. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss New Warriors 9, where we conclude the Hard Choices storyline, and let's hope all the New Warriors are intact afterwards. <clears throat> if you'd like to hear more from us, the Long Box Crusade is in a lot of places. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon at Long Box Crusade. If you're joining us on YouTube, awesome. We have a do a live stream once a month, every second Sunday. Jarrett does a creator spotlight, which normally happens on Tuesdays a little bit earlier. And of course, come out to play. And sometimes old content from our Patreon winds up on the YouTube channel as well. Email address is contact at longboxcrusade.com. Special shout out to our Crusaders Club members. It's only $1 a month, y'all. We would love for y'all to join and so we can give y'all free stuff. Tony, thank you so much for coming, man. Uh, thank you. This is uh, <laughs> some of the most fun I've, I've had. I could talk New Warriors all day. And thank you for the opportunity to just chat and BS with you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. And thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks for letting us see your lovely daughter, too. Oh, that's um, Winnie. Winnie? Winnie. Hi, Winnie. And Rick, uh, by all means, tell us where they can find you on the internet. Well, you can find me and my Brazilian beach boy, Jeff, who likes to go around wearing as little clothing as, as Namorita, and that's a little frightening. But you can find us over doing Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we talk about the most underrated series of the 80s, Power Pack. You can also find me on the Longbox Crusade channel doing monthly Monday movie muckabout, where I grab somebody and we talk about a movie they've never seen before. So please listen to one of those shows and um, 
we have as much fun as Delvin and sometimes Jared. <laughs> awesome. And oh, I have one more thing to say. Go for it. I'm sorry, Jared. I'm sorry for not giving you the respect that was due when you made this wonderful, wonderful effort towards my show and 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 the coolness of of what we do. And and you tried your best. You tried your best. And and I didn't recognize how you matched up our show with your favorite song and your favorite music in the world, Strawberry Shortcake. Jared and he muted himself. <laughs> That's for the best. That was an intentional one. That's good. Yeah, that was yeah, probably is high grade. Castlevania, off- Castlevania, Castlevania. <laughs> and since you're off mute, Jared, go ahead and tell us where you can be I, I don't accept the apology because I want to keep the bit going longer. That's the only reason. Otherwise, it was Wah-wah. wonderful. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Uh, to find me on the internet, it's just at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my wares at theyardsaleartist.com. And I guess that leaves me. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. We really appreciate anyone who came along and played with us. See y'all next time. And remember, please be a hero to someone, even if it's just to yourself. And thank you for coming out to play. Somebody find Auburn Elvis. He's probably, he wasn't here tonight. So I assume he's locked in a basement somewhere. Oh, bye all. Bye, everybody. (laughs) New Warriors come out to play. music is provided by musical genius joe november check out his soundcloud at j-o-s-e-f-l-i-n-9-9 you won't regret it